0: Beep, boop, 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 beep.
1: Estrogen depleting.
0: <laughs> our feminism month is over, Jason. It's over.
1: We're talking about something else for now. <laughs> for now. I had to do that. Yeah, I'm writing a sweet blog to kind of wrap up our feminism series and tie all of our episodes together. So look forward to that. But for right now, we're done talking about it. And time being. so
0: Jason's like, what do you want to talk about in our next episode? I said, dude. I really feel like what our podcast and our friendship needs right now is just a bro out. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is a total bro episode. But Alex, dude, while you were gone enjoying a sweet, nice little vacation. Yeah. I had something happen in my life. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Which so, kid's in the hospital now? No. <laughs> Gunner comes home from school on Friday in tears. Oh, no. Because they're giving away Tiny, the class hamster. <laughs> And he's got to enter his name in a drawing. And he's already super upset because I don't like animals in the house. And I vocalize that often.
0: You don't even know what a hamster is probably.
1: Probably not. <laughs> That'll be a future animal facts for sure. But he he wants to enter his name in this drawing. And he's crying about it. So I'm like, hey, little buddy. All right. I'm thinking he's got like 30 kids and 35 kids in his class. You know what? Like the chances are pretty good. He's not going to win this stinking hamster. It's like, okay, buddy, enter your name into that drawing. The drawing was Monday, dude. He was the only freaking kid who entered his name. Oh, my (laughs) god. That backfired in the worst way, man. Oh, no. So here's what the teacher did. She's like, well, I'll give the other kids another day or two to get in their permission slips. But in all likelihood, I have Tiny the Hamster coming to live with us. <laughs> <laughs> and my kids are already fighting over him. Oh, whose room is it going to sleep in? Who's going to get to
0: hold him the most?
1: Like they're so pumped for this stinking little. All hamster. I know is, is
0: if Sophie's a real dog, she's going to kill that thing. Oh yeah,
1: she will, dude. She's going to tear that thing apart. She will snip apart. that
0: thing out and eat it. Oh, dogs are f- vicious, dude. They're brutal. Ours is so the Duncan family is tiny Duncan. <laughs> <laughs> coming to live with you guys oh,
1: quite possibly so
0: jason i want to tell you about something cool that yeah I really you went to
1: the movies
0: dude so i want to give some love to our really good friends at red rum theater and their podcast is blowing up dude. oh yeah it is i knew it would dude it's it, it's such a good idea and concept yeah and so what they did was they um there's a movie theater in the in flint called the rave rave cinemas and they've been uh putting out old movies for different anniversaries. Yeah. And so this week or this month's anniversary movie was The Godfather. Have you seen The Godfather? I have not seen The Godfather. That's another movie you have to see. I know it. Oh, my gosh. There's so many good lessons, Jason. I know it, dude. But so they released The Godfather, which that is definitely one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And they did this thing where it said, hey, we're doing a red rum field trip. We're going out to the rave cinemas and we're going to watch The Godfather. And then we're going to... They did some interviews. Yeah. And uh, my audio actually got used for one of the episodes. so I was super geeked. And I literally sat there with Tony and Ernesto just a couple rows down from me watching one of my favorite movies of all time. And it was funny... To hear them laugh and to hear them go, dang, Gina! <laughs> like, <laughs> dang, Gina! Like, there's certain scenes in that movie where just people just get ripped to shreds by machine gun fire and, like, just waiting. I was literally waiting for Tony's response. Yeah. Like, that's all I was doing. But it was super fun. And the next time they do another field trip event, Jason, you gotta come It's with gotta me. be a
1: comedy, dude. I'm a comedy
0: person. Like. But what if it's a really good movie? Like The Godfather. The Godfather, okay, I'll give you that. It's three hours long, but there's not a minute wasted. It's about family. It's about loyalty. It's about I've never, mob families. Like, here's my thing, I'm a dude, sucker for mob movies, I, dude. I have never been a fan of any mob
1: movies. Why? I just just never got there's into There's a part them. of me,
0: okay, if I wasn't a Christian, there's a part of me that says, yeah, I should start a crime family. <laughs> but thankfully by by the power of the Holy Spirit and by Church, the gospel crime family, it's all the same. By the gospel of Jesus Christ, <laughs> I am not in a crime family. There's some there's some weird draw there. I don't know why. But like every <laughs> I, I I don't know. There's some sort of appeal there.
1: You'd be the worst mobster like ever. What? Come on now. You would.
0: Yeah, but you didn't know me before Jesus. I, you're right, I didn't. I could have been a really good mob boss. I can't picture it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having the confidence in me.
1: If you were a Care Bear, you'd be Tenderheart.
0: <laughs> I don't even know what the heck that is.
1: Uh, that's, whenever I take Care Bear quizzes, I, it always comes back with Tenderheart. I'm not
0: going to say that you're a Fredo, but anybody who loves the Godfather. That's not a good thing. Okay. What? I don't even understand that. Anyway... So, Jason and I, we finished up our Feminism Month. We're going to just bro out for a second. But Jason and I, in this episode, we get into something that has kind of taken us by storm, I would say. It
1: has. It truly has. And it's
0: something that's been written in the scriptures for the past 2,000 years, and it's only now being enlightened to us, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. The idea is minimalism. Ooh. So Jason, is this
1: episode too long to be considered minimal? (laughs) That's what I always think of (laughs) whenever I listen to the minimalist podcast. I'm always like they're talking way too long. Yeah. I just listened to a two,
0: two hour episode by them, And I'm like,
1: yeah, no, this didn't need to be two hours long. But we get
0: like biblically minimal.
1: That's hard to say, dude.
0: Minimalist, minimalistic. But anyway, so. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is just Jason and I. We didn't have a script. No. We're we're just raw and uncut.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why we went to that, but we did. So that's in there. (laughs) For forever. Yeah. But anyway, Jason... Until Jesus comes back, and then it won't
0: be there. No, it's all gone. It's all burnt up after that. Yeah. Anyway, so Jason and I kind of talk about minimalism, and we just kind of bro out a little bit. And we really just needed to do something where we just hung out just the bros and just... Hang on you're, the ba- s-
1: you're saying bros a lot. Well, bro. Yeah. Bro. Oh. Bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is-
0: <laughs> so anyway, guys, sit back, grab grab some popcorn, enjoy this incredible episode of the Not Your Pastors Minimal Minimalistic Minimal. Yeah, this is just not your pastor's yeah, podcast. You're being too long to be minimal. <laughs>
1: So talking a little minimalism, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, like I wrote a couple of blogs on minimalism. I'm, I'm coming late to
0: the game, but um, I'm, I'm a I'm a full believer. Well, I you think. you texted me and said you watched the documentary. It was when I was I had food poisoning. I I had a chance to watch it.
1: Yeah, and you came away with the same conclusion that I came away with, which there are a lot of spiritual values, a lot of biblical values hidden within that thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, the guys don't profess to be Christians, but I mean, a lot of what they were talking about in the DVR, or the DVD, the documentary, the Netflix. Yeah, the net Is that what it's called? Netflix? <laughs> it's a Netflix. Oh. You, know, you learn something new every day, Jason. Yeah, that
1: sounds weird, though. <laughs> I'm not going to use that. That's
0: weird. <laughs> but I was like, uh, I feel like Jesus said this, and they're just kind of pr- paraphrasing it. Yes, exactly. And so... I wanna like I told my wife, Shauna, I was like, I kinda just want to get rid of everything except for my guns and my guitars and my Legos. Everything else has to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All my hobbies are staying. Top top three items
1: to keep and those <laughs> you got Legos and guns in there. <laughs> I'm a child. Yeah. You know what one of my first thoughts was? I actually told Jess this, was uh I was like, Man, I need to get rid of everything. I don't really use all this, especially books. I've got so many books, and a lot of them are reference. A lot of them are commentaries. And I was telling Jess, I was like, man, it'd be sweet if there was like, if you could like borrow a book, and then when you're done with it, you did like not return say this. it. Yes, I did. And she goes, "You mean like a library?"
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> that that is such a millennial thing to say, Jason. I know it. I felt so stupid. It's like what are the encyclopedias. Do you ever did you ever have to write a report with an encyclopedia? Not
1: since high school, dude. But
0: I'm just saying, you you have that knowledge of actually looking through a book and then using yeah, the, I en, do. the MLA yeah. style, yeah. like for footnotes and whatnot. <laughs> I remember what was that? There was a computer program that was like an encyclopedia that you Mavis could use. Mavis Beacon was that it? Maybe it was that. I don't know. We're no, getting Mav- off.
1: Mavis Beacon was a typing coach, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't know what Mavis Beacon was.
0: Anyway, minimalism. Okay, get back into it.
1: Yeah. So I wrote all these super. Um, well, I think I wrote four of them. Yeah. Uh, over spiritual like blogs, or we called them thoughts. You know. Yeah. And, uh, I
0: need to get on that I haven't wrote one in a while.
1: One of the first things that I cut for myself was ministry. I cut back on ministry hardcore because every night of the week I was doing something and I was burning myself out. Like, yeah. I have a job. I work 40 hours a week. But on top of that, every single night I was preaching someplace or I was leading a Bible study someplace or I was playing in the band, which meant you had to practice the songs and... I mean I was preaching like darn near like 3 4 times a month all together plus leading a bi- like two Bible studies every week plus we started pastors academy and then we were trying to do podcasting And then we started this podcast and then everything else went out the window. <laughs> podcast ruined you. No it ruined it me did. too. Like I had to pick one thing. Like it was stupid of me and it was really um I don't know it was um I don't know if "abusive" is the right wor- r- word, but I had kind of this like awakening, like I'm, I'm giving up all this family time mm. to do all this ministry stuff, and my family is legitimate ministry, like my three boys. I if I poured as much time into them as I was pouring into other people, and now I feel like I'm kind of sounding selfish. I guess that's a little people pleaser in me, but nevertheless. Uh, a couple years ago as I, well, I should say this, we got rid of, I think I took, I took three van loads to Salvation Army. Dang, dude. I mean, floor to ceiling in my minivan, swagger wagon as we call it. (laughs) (laughs) I took three loads of stuff to Salvation Army, not to mention, um, uh, and I felt like such a turd doing that too, dude, because I preach at the Salvation Army, at their drug <laughs> recovery program. Yeah. So I preach to all these uh, homeless addicts. You know, They may not be addicts. They could be just homeless. And this was like in the middle of winter. And I'm bringing this whole van load of stuff. And I recognize the guy. And he recognizes me as, you know, weren't you just like preaching? And I felt like such a turd. I'm just <laughs> You prob- guy, your, your message this...
0: was probably all you need is Jesus, and then you show up with all this crap. In I the know back it. Of your van. Well,
1: he's got nothing. He's homeless, and he's working at the Salvation Army. And I show up, and I, I couldn't like. It was one of those awkward moments where I just want to say, "Big Gops." Well, see you later. Well, see you later. <laughs> Thanks, but Lloyd. I was just like, just doing a little cleaning. <laughs> I was like, I just, I felt. Like such a, more you're shaking
0: your head at me. Like I didn't know what to say, dude. I don't know. I don't know what I would do in that situation. I, 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 honestly, probably do the same thing. All this stuff was junk. It wasn't hard to get rid of. It was like super easy to get rid of. How do we get to that point, though? Like, this, how do we get all this stuff like, over consumption? So, like, all the stuff. I had a garage sale a little bit ago, a little bit ago, yeah, and that was did. part. Of, that was part of my minimalism. Like. I just need to get rid of some stuff, and we also had some bills that we needed to pay, and we had an anniversary trip we were saving up for, so we said, we need to have a garage sale. So we made $300. Oh, that's a a good score, dude. Off of junk in our basement. Yeah. That somebody else got value out of, or they... They're hoarders, too, and so they took it home to their hoarding nest. Well, I
1: kept tripping over it every time I went to look at your Legos.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was tripping over it, too, and you even said to me, and I, like, I was like, Jason, come look at this, and all of a sudden, you just hear me like... <laughs> <and> <laughs> you had to <laughs> climb over stuff. And, Jason, you said you were like, I think it's time to get rid of some stuff. <laughs> so thanks for discipling me, my friend.
1: You're welcome.
0: And so we got rid of a bunch of stuff, and I was like, man... There's something to this. like I have room in my basement now yeah. to walk around. And it's, it was like a good feeling, not, the, not so much the money thing, like, yeah, I made 300 bucks. Cool. That money immediately went out the window to pay for bills. But it felt so good to be free. It's from the clutter. You don't have to think about it anymore. It's gone. That's the amazing thing about I'm it. I'm not walking down in my basement and seeing an extra washer, a bunch of baby stuff we don't use anymore, furniture we don't use anymore. It's gone. Every time you look at that stuff, you have to think about it. It's weird.
1: And then if you want something else, like then you got to move it around. So you're moving around all this junk and spending all this time thinking about all this junk that you don't even need. Like you don't even use it.
0: So there's a good quote from and I'm probably gonna get it wrong, so help me out. Uh from the movie Fight Club. I don't, I've never seen You've Fight never Club. You've never seen Fight no, Club? I haven't. We are shutting this off right now and we're watching Fight Club. It no, I, I want wasn't you to borrow Fight Club
1: it. carved into a bar of soap or something. Yeah, dude. That's it's, why I
0: didn't watch it. I didn't like the cover.
1: Why? I oh judged a book by its cover. Oh my gosh. I can't. I don't even, even know what it's about.
0: Oh my gosh. I
1: just saw the little Antonio Moreno <laughs> uh, if you're listening
0: to this, please forgive my friend. He is speaking blasphemy right now. Don't forgive me.
1: Whoever did the cover art and carved the logo into a bar of soap Jason, needs forgiveness. That's I'm going, why I didn't watch I'm going watch to let it. you
0: borrow that movie. And I want you to watch it and I want a full report next time we podcast. Fine, but I'm full not. Full report. It's so good. Anyway, Brad Pitt says in the, in, the, in the movie, he says, the stuff that we own ends up owning us. And we become slaves to it.
1: Yeah. and Isn't that kind of sound like, uh, well, didn't James say that? I don't remember. Or was it Jesus? For where your treasure is, that is where your heart is too?
0: Yeah, but I mean, are you really treasuring your junk? You
1: have to, dude. You think about it. There's no way around that. I bought a house big enough to store all my crap in.
0: I bought a 1,600-square-foot house in Flint, which isn't hard to do. No. And within I, – I, actually, I was just telling you this upstairs in my, in my kind of like little office area in my living room. There's a spot where there's four drawers. We started off with one junk drawer of the four. One of them was full of junk. Now all four drawers are full of junk. How did that happen? We've been in the house less than three years. It's insane, dude. We have in in our culture, and I, and I, I don't want to just say this is the American culture. It's all over the place. I feel like any anywhere where you have high consumerism, for yeah. sure. Like I'm sure this is a problem in Canada. I'm sure this is a problem over in England or any any of the other Western nations. I'm sure this is a problem. Yeah. But we just have so much stuff. And for the longest time, I'm thinking to myself, I have so much stuff, but I don't want to get rid of it. And I feel like that's like the first signs of I'm becoming a hoarder. Yeah. The next thing I do is I go to the animal shelter and I adopt 19 cats. (laughs) That's the next, next, the next step. Hmm. Like in the other wake up call for me was my wife came down in our basement. We were kind of sorting through stuff. And as we were sorting through stuff, she said, none of this stuff is mine. Oh, I had the same thing, dude. It's all yours, Alex. I was like, "Oh, crap."
1: I went on this minimalism kick, and we start going through stuff, and I realize, I realized like super quick like none of this stuff is Jess's. Like she's got like two tubs. Sean
0: has two tubs exactly. The
1: rest of this stuff is all mine. We did find a box of Beanie Babies. So you better look those mugs up because they're I think probably that, worth money. I think, no, they're not. I did. Oh, I think that <laughs> I, might be, I, I did. <laughs> I did. I think that might be one of her, like I had more tubs of hockey cards than she had tubs of possessions. Oh my gosh. Like, isn't that insane? That's why I'm saying it, it wasn't hard to get through that initial run, just get rid of stuff. And like, we got rid of so many extra dishes and pots and pans. And dude, we just went to town getting rid of stuff. But I had one thing I was hanging on to for a while, and that was I bought two Easters ago um, with some tax return money. I bought a backup guitar, a Fender Telecaster. You're
0: going to tell this story, and I I feel so bad because I I have four guitars in my household.
1: Well, I'm down to just one. Actually, technically three, but two of them aren't playable. (laughs) One's, One's for decoration. One was my grandpa's. I haven't what about that acoustic? Yeah, well, dang it. I got four guitars. oh okay, I don't feel as bad <laughs> yeah. anymore. but two of them are unplayable. I've got an acoustic and electric, but I had a third electric, a backup a just in case I break a string on stage or something. I've got this this guitar, and I think in the in the past like two years, I' played it twice. Wow, I mean, I hadn't played it. I mean, there's too much rig-wise. I got my amp. I got my pedal board set up. There's too much, like, variation between the two. And plus, when you sit down and play a guitar, you know if you fall in love with it, like, right off the bat. And that's really hard to do when you're buying a guitar off eBay. Like, like I didn't, just, I didn't jive with this guitar. So I tried to sell it for the past six months. And every time I went to sell this stuff, to relist it on Craigslist or post it on Facebook, I felt God saying, no, give it. Like give it away. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm not giving it away. And then like you know, all those like excuses start playing in your in your head. Like you know, I need money. We got stuff that needs to be fixed. I got to fix my uh, my sump pump. You know, Mm -hmm. I got to fix other things. Or we could go on vacation. So like all these stuff, just this stuff just is like floating around in my brain of what I could do with the money I could get for this thing. But it just wasn't selling. And then, um, a couple of weeks ago, we had our auction at
0: church. Yeah. Um, so talk talk. So our church does this thing where yeah our, you
1: you could better probably better explain it to our me. Our
0: church um, does this thing where they auction off a bunch of items that are donated to the church, and, and some of the some of the items are big ticket items like your guitar yeah. and other like people give like. Man, I'm trying to think of some other things like people give away, like cars and there was lawnmowers, TVs, there was, TVs. Yeah, all people, kinds of stuff. People donate these items, and all of the proceeds go towards... Tons of businesses donate Yeah, stuff. they all, all the proceeds go towards getting kids who can't afford to go to camp, to summer camp, the ability to go.
1: Yeah, and you and I have both been to camp as volunteers, and it's a pretty
0: sweet camp. It is really fun. It's... it's they do so much there. There's so many fun activities and whatnot, but like just the the camaraderie, the things that the kids learn there, like that's all worth it. Just to get the get kids out of their element for just a week. Yeah. When five I, days even that's like the shortest the camp is, is yeah, like five
1: days. When I volunteered it was heartbreaking because we opened up the camp to foster homes and inner city kids.
0: Yeah. Like no way any oh of these kids gosh, were paying a, for it. I got a story for about that.
1: And Man, my heart broke so bad. I, you know, I was asking one kid because we're tired out every day. I was like, buddy, you want to go home? He's like, no. And I'm like, oh, dude. Like, ah, I can't get into that right now. I don't want
0: to start crying on our <laughs> podcast.
1: But so many things, dude. It was so brutal.
0: So, anyway, so Jason, you, you felt led.
1: Yeah, I, I really did. I, I felt like God was saying, hey, give this guitar and it didn't hit me till like the day of the auction and it was still like three o'clock before I drove it up there. The auction was at six and I'm going through like all these like excuses again in my head of, you know, I could do some stuff with this money that I could get for this guitar. But God was saying like, to me in my head, like the mantra that kept repeating was like, lay up your treasures in heaven. Like you're going to get to meet some kids in heaven are the afterlife. If you're uncomfortable with the word heaven, which you shouldn't be, cause it's awesome. You'll find out <laughs> <laughs> only if you pray
0: this prayer. Yeah. Dear Jesus, <laughs> I'm a sinner. Lead him, Alex, lead him home. <laughs> I'm sorry. I derailed you. Go, go.
1: No, but I was just kept thinking, you know what? I don't know how the connections are going to be made, but I'm going to meet the kids that this got to send. Um, uh, that this guitar got to send to camp. And that is far more valuable mm. than 500 bucks I could get out of it, you know, because that's about how much it was worth. I mean, it yeah, had some so, serious dings. It was a backup guitar. Telecaster,
0: semi-hollow body, thin line. If, yeah, you're, if ni- you're a guitar 1972 person.
1: 1972 reissue, made in Mexico, the classic,
0: every worship my, leader's got one. My father-in-law has that guitar. Actually, you, I borrowed it because all my guitars are in drop C right now for metal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So I borrowed it. I mean, it's your
1: traditional worship leader guitar. Yep. And that's what I had as my backup. And I did have a vintage case to go with it, though, which was Mm. pretty rad. Probably worth more than the guitar. But it was nice. You know, I handed this thing in and I felt good about it. Like I felt good about it. Like this is what I was doing. I took Gunner with me. So I was teaching him a lot of lessons along the way about how our possessions aren't aren't valuable here but can serve a greater purpose, you Mm -hmm. know, doing things. just So I don't want them to grow up thinking that their possessions define who they are. And so I was teaching him a lot of lessons along the way and gave the guitar. And that was it. You know, it's gone. And I I didn't stay for the auction. We just, we left. And this past Sunday, um, I was at a birthday party. And this uh, couple walks up to me. And they're like, hey, your guitar, your guitar sold for, it sold twice. I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And how did you know it was even my guitar? Like, I didn't tell them, like, you know, they saw me drop it off. But outside of that, it's not like my name was on it as a donated item from Jason. It was just, it was anonymous. But somehow they found out that it was me who donated the guitar. And his wife was bidding on the guitar and it got up to five hundred and fifty and she thought she had won the auction and she didn't. Some other guy won it. She placed another bid, but somehow they overlooked her. Hmm. And this dude won the auction. And so she ran over to him afterwards. She's like, I really want that guitar, can I buy it off of you? And he goes, um He goes, You want it that bad? Like, just let me play it once. And so he played it right there on the spot and said, OK, I'll sell it to you. Um, so she starts writing him a check and he goes, no, just make it out to the river church. Like, so, what? yeah. So the guitar sold for over eleven hundred dollars, which was twice the asking price I
0: had on it. What? To sell it. So give, to give you guys some perspective, That's how, a, yeah. how much our camp costs and i mean I, I don't know exactly how much it, i'm just going off of numbers from uh 3 years ago when i last went to camp that's about 4 kids yeah yeah and that is insane
1: dude yeah dude i was i was pumped to find all that out 4 kids get to go
0: to camp yeah get to get out of their element and who know i mean more than likely it's it's a kid uh that our church has contact with through some of our outreach programs that rarely go to church that probably come from poor family back, like a for, poor family background yeah where, you know, mom and dad aren't really present this and that. And they get to go to camp and I, I'm, I know this is going to sound super spiritual. They're going to hear about Jesus and they're going to get out of their element for a little bit. And that's so important yeah, because you, you basically, when you get kids out in the woods and I know this sounds kind of creepy, getting kids out in the woods, but when you get kids out, out from their normal environment, you get them out into that fresh air. And I'm a, I'm a true believer in like just being in nature and fresh air, all that great stuff. They let all their guards down yeah. and they really open up. And that's when you can really start discipling, start really just sharing the gospel with them. And they it might and,
1: be the safest environment they've ever yes, been in. Yes, exactly. You worked in Flint, you know.
0: So these kind of like events that our church does and some of the, some of the best probably some of the best things our church does i mean every church has its problems but there's there's certain things that our church does that just knocks it out of the park and like one of these things is the auction that we do for these kids to raise money
1: it's it's a way of loving on kids so but like how foolish of me like because one of the things i was thinking of as i was going to donate this guitar was like Oh, uh, nobody's going to be there to buy it. It's going to sell for like 300 bucks. It's not even going get, to gonna get full value. And God literally doubled the value I had in my mind of it.
0: Dang, dude. <laughs> I know.
1: it. I was like, holy crap. I was like, man, I, you know, I, if I'm going to donate this, I want to send some kids to camp, not just one kid. And this like it's, I just I was so negative. Yeah. And like, I don't know why I didn't. Just doubtful, I guess.
0: But so give you some perspective. Those kinds of events. I remember my last year working at the church. I was in charge. Me and this is this is just bad. I shouldn't even tell this story because we could probably get in trouble. My friend Luke and I, my good my good friend Luke growing up with. He came with me and he we we picked up 40 kids from Flint in a bus to take to camp. I can guarantee none of them paid. Yeah, None of them could pay. So those kinds of events sent 40 plus kids to camp to hear about Jesus, to hear about the gospel, to just at the very least get out of a really bad environment. Dude,
1: one of the kids that I had in my, in my camp, in my dorm, he gets there to unpack his clothes and it was literally just... It was clothes that were picked up out of dirty clothes. None of them. They were adult-sized clothes. They were women's clothes. None of them fit. I'm like, dude, we got to get some clothes up here for these kids. Like, they don't even have
0: clothes to wear. I remember picking up kids, and they literally, like, as I'm picking them up, their parents are just shoving stuff into garbage bags. Yeah. And yeah. they're just like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. And, Yeah.
1: But, dude, I wouldn't have donated that guitar had I not watched that minimalism documentary. <laughs> Is that not crazy? Like I feel like to come full circle back to minimalism, I feel like so I feel like I'm finding this stuff at the right time, and there are some fantastic I mean, there's the documentary on there's the Netflix that's out there, yeah, there you go,
0: yeah, using the terminology I am
1: you can go watch that Alex starting a revolution there's all kinds of podcasts and stuff on it too like that's one of the podcasts
0: one of my favorite podcasts is the minimalist I just started listening to it the past week I've been binging on it.
1: which they're repetitive there it's not nearly as good as uh missing Richard Simmons which <laughs> I adored greatly but <laughs> it was super entertaining dude like I, I was listening to like, it yet well it's over I mean it's only like six eight episodes well i'm sure it's it's just a mini
0: podcast it's probably on the itunes podcast store yeah
1: oh yeah i'm sure it's i'm sure it's still live if you haven't listened to it go back and listen it's richard
0: simmons where is he i don't know i don't know
1: (laughs) nobody saw that little dance that you just did i wish i wish now i wish we had video he's gone (laughs) dude it was crazy good but
0: Well, Jason, uh, why don't I stop you right there and let's take a quick break. Yeah. Jason, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, during this time, Mm -hmm. during this break... I'm going to say the one thing that shouldn't be minimal in our lives. What's that? 5-star reviews. Mm. So, it used to be whenever you would type in not your like immediately, so like when you go into Apple iTunes, the Apple iTunes app, you would you when you're searching for a podcast and you type in not your, we would be number 3. Yeah. That would come up. And like, there's some other podcasts that are, that were before us, but we would be the number three slot. And I know it's not a big it's not a big move, but we have dropped down to number four. Yeah. And that's... one of the, one of the reasons why I think that is is because we're not getting as many five star reviews as we used to. We need some. We need some. So if you if you find value in this podcast, and we're going to talk more about value later in the podcast, if you find value in our podcast and think that more people need to hear this 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 show that we put on please leave us a five star review yeah that's the way you know the all the algorithm algorithms i can even say it right in mm-hmm. the technology everything that goes into like people who see our podcast it's all based off of how many five star reviews that we can get so the more five star reviews we get the the bigger our audience gets and the, and the message continues to go forth to more
1: people. I think Apple's mad at us because they switched it from iTunes to Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And I haven't updated all their little logos on our website and stuff. So they're watching closely.
0: It's all a conspiracy. It is. It's always a conspiracy. It is. So please go to Apple iTunes, especially if you're an iPhone user. Please, if you haven't left us a five-star review yet, we really need it. We could really use it. And guess what? If you leave us a five-star review... We will read it on the show. Yeah, we will you will instantly become part of the show and we will thank you and shower you with praises. Yes. But anyway, Jason, we need to get back in this episode. It's it's about to get good. Yeah. I mean, Jason, we're coming out of the break here. Yeah. And we spent some time, literally, going through some of our favorite texts. Yeah. About minimalism. Should we in get the biblical?
1: <sighs> Let's get biblical. Biblical. I wanna get biblical. <laughs>
0: We need to like actually record that and make that like an actual like No, I like, like buffer I, music. I like seeing you do the little dance every time we do it though. Don't tell people my dancing abilities. Well, they can't
1: see you. I have to give them context, Alex. It's a I, podcast. I am
0: Kevin Bacon in Footloose. I just dance. I can't help it. You look like him. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> that soundtrack is legit. Anyway, hmm. Jason and I were we're kind of we're looking through some of our some of our our bibles our our bibles and i'm going through some of the texts and it's like you can't not see the the ideas of minimalism in the teachings of the old testament and the new testament from jesus and from just all the old testament authors as well so like one of the first things we see like especially in the old testament like God rains down quail and manna from heaven and the instruction is only take what you need for the day. Yeah. And anything extra that you take, it spoils. And I mean, how much of that is so true that we buy so much food and then we never even get around to eating it? And then it just, oh, the expiration date. Yeah. Dang. Dude, I ate some and expired
1: food yesterday. Oh, Is that why you're sick? No, it's not why I'm sick, but it didn't help at you all. You must have an iron gut. It ruined my hamburger. I kind of do. I have a... Well, I can't say anything. Don't jinx it. I know it. Don't jinx it. I'm not going to.
0: But what are some of the other ones that you found, especially Jason?
1: Uh, Jesus and the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And this is the part that gets me for where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. That's, that's what I was talking about in the first half of the show. And that's kind of the mantra that was playing over in my head to give up this guitar. It's like, To me, the thought of giving that guitar and sending some kids to camp, will they get saved? I don't know, but it seems like a lot better chance than just a guitar sitting in my basement, not getting played. Mm. I mean, and the fight wasn't, do I give the guitar or not? The fight was, what else can I get for the guitar? You know, The guitar already didn't have value to me as a guitar. I wasn't playing it. But it had lots of value to me as a vacation or as something new paying for bills. the house or paying that, bills yeah it's mean,
0: something that we all need right? yeah we, and like, then that's what i use my garage sale money for
1: but that's that's where we start to get worried right because i was getting worried and then i had to like let that self go and i had to like it's another one of those things as i was like praying to go going to donate this guitar it's like okay god's got you you're okay <laughs> you're okay we'll find we'll find a way don't worry don't worry, don't worry, because that's kind of what I was doing. Anytime I thought of like bills to pay, because there's always bills to pay, Alex. Right. I've never had a time where I didn't have some bills to pay. Right. But then that goes into like Luke 12. Yeah. Don't be, don't be anxious. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, you got it kind of pulled up there. I don't know. If-
0: yeah. So so Jesus first starts off. He he talks about the, the he he tells a parable about the rich fool. Says the land of a rich man produced plentiful or plentifully, and he thought to himself, "What shall I do? I have nowhere to store my crop." And he said, "I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods." Dude, it's pretty much saving for retirement. It's it's upgrading to the next biggest house. Yeah. We buy the house because we buy the next bigger house. Like like I said before earlier in the show, I have a 1,600-square-foot house because I thought I needed 1,600-square-feet Yeah. because I had a lot of stuff. Cool. I, I said I needed a basement that was semi-finished so I could have all my gun stuff down here and all my Legos and guitar stuff. And we needed an extra office and all this stuff. And it filled up so quickly with just junk that it, those areas that I had set aside for – guns and guitars and all this stuff it well, w- all went away
1: well i'm just thinking dude like i have a coworker, and i'm watching him he's super close to retirement and he is storing up for retirement right now not in money but and everything he wants to do is hobbies so he's buying all this stuff that he knows he's not going to be able to buy on his retirement money and he's just storing it up and for the last three years now he's got a shed and a barn full of stuff and a storage unit full of stuff
0: isn't that crazy to be used in the future I, w- I would be really curious if other countries besides the u.s have as big of a storage unit market as we do i
1: man i don't know
0: i don't know that statistic certainly
1: it's, not most of tweet the tweet at us if you know that I, w- I would certainly say 75 percent of the world easily doesn't have that
0: I'm, oh, for sure. For
1: sure, without a doubt.
0: There's no country in Africa that has that. No. And anyway, so Jesus goes on and says... Uh, yeah,
1: in the 20s where he starts saying, don't be anxious about what you wear or what you put on. Yeah,
0: so I, I want to get into that. So, but yeah. he, says that, he says in verse 20 of, of chapter 12 in the Gospel of Luke, he says, But God said to him, fool, that night your soul is required of you, and things you have prepared, those will... Will they will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. And then Jesus goes from there into, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you about your body, uh, or what you will put on. for life is more than food and the and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. they have neither storehouse nor barn yet God feeds them boom son yeah dude and then it gets to me
1: it gets even deeper than that Uh, and then possessions when you're talking about jesus and giving up himself Mm. and like his ultimate example he didn't set up like an earthly kingdom that he reigned in i mean he set up a kingdom within our hearts for the holy spirit to reign in but he didn't you know that's what that's what the jews at the time they wanted him to do was to establish that kingdom and Mm. rule forever then and there and it didn't happen that way instead jesus gave himself up for the entire world and uh, philippians 2 and 3 it says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each one of you look not to only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Now, even if you don't believe in God, that's just solid wisdom. Like, it's not about you. It's only it's, it's about others
0: too. It's so funny how many that kind of, that kind of goes back to the golden rule that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. Like, I don't, I couldn't tell you how many times people who are non Christians have said, "Well, treat others as you want to be treated." Yeah, and it's like. You do know that that's Jesus said that, right? like, and I, that's just a that's just some good wisdom to live by. what do we do? we we buy things, we buy the things just in case we need them. yeah, and then therefore all of our capital, all of our uh our money, our time and our effort is wrapped up into this stuff that l- I love this. Matt Chandler, he always says this in his sermons. he says, why is it that we live for the things that will be part of future garage sales? Yeah. And it's, it punches you right in the stomach. It's all going to burn, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting real super Baptist I on was.
1: Me. I got Baptist on you there for but a moment. Like,
0: like I said, like at my garage sale, I was literally looking at the stuff that I was selling in the garage sale. And at one point, that particular item had a lot of value. Yeah. And I loved this thing. And then it went away to somebody else at a way marked down price. Yeah. And... It's not like I made any money off of it or anything. Like I I there was a desk that I sold and I don't know how much this desk was worth, but I used it a lot when I was a kid. I sold it for five bucks. Yeah. And all the stuff that we live for, all the stuff that we hold value for, it will eventually end up being garage sale items.
1: Yeah. And not all of that's all crazy talk. Like there's some stuff you only use for a season. Like right. baby stuff, dude. Baby stuff. We don't have babies anymore. But I you know, right now, if anybody in the Flint area needs a baby crib, I got a sweet one in my <laughs> garage that we're trying to give away and we can't find anybody to give it away to. What about
0: the Flint Crisis Pregnancy Center? Dude, I'm taking it there. There you go. Yeah. A- any of your baby stuff, yeah. take it there. Yeah. If you good, don't claim good it, people that's over where there. it's going. Good people over there. But- my goodness, dude! Dude,
1: James gets pretty fiery here. I'm gonna read. You one read more. this text to me. I was like, because <sighs> <laughs> James like sets it on fire. It's like James is jumping
0: up through the 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 brother of Jesus jumping up through the pages of scripture and just literally just punching me in the stomach. He says,
1: "Come now, you rich. Which um, if you live in America, you're rich." Yep. He says, "Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming." Upon you, your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidenced against you and will eat your flesh like fire. (laughs) (laughs) Womp. Yeah, I know it, dude. Dang, dude. Our possessions will literally take us over and consume us. That blows my mind. That that ties in with the parable of the soils. The riches of this world will choke out. That gospel message that you first heard, and so that's why, like, just like you, Alex, when you watched that documentary, I watched and I said, there are so many spiritual
0: things. And There's the guy's so on, much
1: Bible tied up into and the guys biblical in the, minimalism. And
0: <laughs> the guys on the documentary too, they're not, they don't claim to be Christians either. They no, literally... I, I listened to one
1: episode. I think they have different religious beliefs. One grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness. Yes,
0: yeah. But at the same time, like, they're taking biblical principles and they're finding so much joy in their life living that way. Living, they, they always said it's simple, intentional living.
1: Yeah, because the idea is, right, the possessions bring you joy, but they don't really bring you joy. And you can see this in everybody who is rich and wealthy. Like, they get to a point in life where their possessions don't bring them joy. They have an overabundance
0: of them. It never fills that void in their no, heart. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, you're exactly right. Like all the BMWs, the big houses. Like that's the thing. Like we literally, like, it's every time I walk through Meyer, which is a store that we have in Michigan. For those of you who live outside of Michigan, it's a great store. It is. I I, I always I always try and buy stuff from there, and I'm like I'm giving money to Michigan, yeah, <laughs> the state that I love, and I love Meijer. It's just late nights open 24/7. Do they have a slogan? Uh, Meyer, we're way better than Walmart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think if they even have a
0: slogan they've got to. I don't think you can have a slogan that slanders another company. <laughs> no. McDonald's, we're cheaper than uh, Burger King. <laughs> no, they're not. Yes they are, Jason.
1: No, they're their last value meals that I went and looked at, dude. You're looking like almost 8 bucks for a value. Meal. I'm telling you, you could go to B-
0: Applebee's for that price, man. The BK Lounge or Burger King—that's what the cool kids are calling it. The BK Lounge, yeah, you know, is more expensive than McDonald's
1: for sure. We pretty much only stop at fast food places that have slides, so
0: <laughs> I don't care what. The, as long I lost my train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, no. So I'm walking through Meijer. And I look at all the the magazines, the tabloids, and those are our idols. Those are the people that we look up to, and they're just as empty, 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 empty and depressed as we are. And they're they're struggling for the same thing. They're trying to fill that void.
1: I think the key word is contentment, right? And they're all driven to make you feel uncontent because if you're not content with what you currently have, then you need something else. Right. with your shoes you need that's like that's like the heart of advertisement it's to show you know what you have is not good enough you need this boat you need this car you need these shoes you need this shirt
0: you need like, this new gun I'm, yeah and I'm like I'm a sucker I'm like yeah I do need that gun yeah <laughs> Oh, that guitar! That guitar has locking tuners and has active pickups. Dang, I need that thing.
1: JHS pedals came out with their Pink Panther delay, and I kind of want it. (laughs) I don't need a delay pedal. Just sell your other one and buy that one. No,
0: that's not minimalism. Nope, it's not.
1: So, Uh, let me like confess something right here. Okay, I am not very good at minimalism. Nor am I. I'm. I'm I'm making progress, baby. I'm making progress. But I still really do enjoy finding random stupid shirts like the one I found with three kittens dressed as Indians at <laughs> Salvation Army. Like, how do you turn that down? <laughs> like, if you find a shirt with three kittens dressed as Indians, you buy that thing and you wear it proudly. Like, I can't I can't pass up on that. So, for me, like, that's, that struggle is, I, you know what? I got a lot of t-shirts. So- I did
0: pare it down, but... So I want to I want to talk about probably what minimalism isn't. Like and also the idea of taking minimalism too far.
1: Yeah, you know what? Cuz the first thought I thought when watching that is like, okay, these guys got rid of everything, but now they're just a bunch of jerks who got rid of everything. Right. Like they, you know, they still have heart issues like there's still a lot of stuff like just because you get rid of stuff doesn't mean you're gonna immediately be happy right you could fill it up with something else that's not beneficial for you
0: like so one of the things they talked about is uh like people like all right i'm gonna get rid of my tv i'm gonna stop watching tv well as soon as you do that a lot of people start spending more of their time on the internet just surfing the internet and now you're you're wasting your time still just with something different yeah you haven't corrected the problem you've just taken your idol and you shifted it to something else yep and so i think one of the things minimalism isn't is it isn't getting rid of stuff in order to make room for new stuff
1: yeah You know, one of the things that I did when I started my whole minimalism journey is I kind of wrote down, like, a goal for me.
0: Wow, we need to do goals, dude. Yeah,
1: I wrote down. Here's what I wrote down. You can read them in my my blog entries on our website. But mine was, empty me of me so I can genuinely love God and others as myself. And so every time I'm getting rid of something, like, I'm emptying me of a former identity— Mm -hmm. of something else but i'm replacing it with okay i'm getting rid of this item or this ministry or this thing um i'm getting rid of self like for me i'll just say this too a lot of ministry for me was selfish ambition which is not good like that's the very thing jesus said not to do and yes ministry falls into that same trap you can you can easily burn yourself out on ministry. It happens all the time. I probably 75% of your pastors and staff church members right now are burnt out on ministry. It's just. Oh,
0: for sure. It's it, a real thing. It's
1: yeah, it's, it's just what it I took, Maybe we'll cover that sometime. In I took podcast. one vacation
0: in the year and a half that I. It's brutal. It's, it's not fun.
1: Yeah. But yeah, emptying some ministry. You know what? I had. Five, six ministries going, neglecting my family at home. Like, how about I pick one ministry and focus on that? Mm. You know, so I had to cut back on ministry and, you know what, the things that I have doing, like I still have some, some preaching that I do at like the Salvation Army and other things. And I'm better able to focus on those things. One of, one of the things I still do is I still play in the band. I'm better able to focus on learning the parts to the songs and playing in the band. You're
0: not doing like ten items all at once. You're doing exactly. two. Or, you're doing two or three, so you can actually intentionally spend more time and get better at those two or three things than being mediocre at ten things. And
1: to me, that was more loving to others than throwing myself out there trying to build some sort of pastoral resume, which may or may not ever be put to use. Because what I'm doing in that process is I'm giving so much of myself to the cause of ministry that I don't have very much left for the people. Like, like it's very hard to work 40 hours a week, serve your family, provide for your family, be there emotionally for your family, and then everybody else you interact with along the way and by paring that back down yes i'm reaching less people than I, ha- I was before but i'm reaching them more thoroughly if that makes any sense in- so to me that's a better investment one of the goals i still have is to follow in the footsteps of jesus and pick 12 <laughs> to pick 12 people to To disciple. Like, what if we did that? What if instead of having a church of 150 people, you just had 12 people to focus on and Mm. pour everything into? Could those 12 people, like, efficiently and effectively pour everything they have into 12 more, into 12 more, into 12 more? And your church would grow, like, crazy. That's not, like, me just speaking. That's the Francis Francis Chan model of house church that he's— He's starting over on the West Coast, which I find extremely
0: um, intriguing and minimal. Yeah, absolutely. Man, your minimalist goals are like so super spiritual.
1: Everything I do has a spiritual tinge on
0: it. I couldn't get rid of it if I tried to. Mine are so selfish. But like this is where my mind goes. Okay, so hear me out, guys. My wife and I have accumulated a bunch of stuff, and some of that stuff is was not bought; that was given to us, especially when we were oh, first dude, you're married. Oh, you get
1: so much stuff given to you yet! Like, so,
0: like I said before, we got rid of a bunch of stuff, and we made a little bit of money, and we were able to pay off some bills and and put some money towards going on a little anniversary trip. My wife and I just got back from our. Actually, by the time this episode comes out, my wife and I have celebrated four years of marriage. Woohoo! Congratulations, Quattro. But anyway, my minimalist goals are to one minima, minima minimalize our debt. Yeah. So right now we don't have my wife and I don't have a lot of debt, but we the debt that we have is is I'm borderline kind of crippling. Like my wife has to work a, has to work a part-time job and be a mom in order to make sure we make our like, yeah. our debt payments on time. So I really want to minimalize my debt. And one of the ways I'm going to do that is by getting rid of the things I don't need and either selling or giving away those items to somebody who does need them in order to maybe make a little bit of money back that I can put towards paying off my debt. Yeah. The other thing I really, really, really want to do, and this is just this is just pipe dreams at this point. That's not and-
1: selfish, dude. Paying off debt isn't selfish. It's recovering from a selfish. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it was well, some it was, of it's selfish. It st- some
1: of it's not student
0: like, loans and mortgage. Yeah, like, and
1: I realize too that when I say like, okay, I shouldn't have said selfish because most of my debt is medical bills, like just piles and piles of old medical bills. That's not selfish. So I I need to take pay that back. Them. For for some people, you know, if you're just collecting possessions, then yes, it is selfish.
0: And then the other thing I I want to do is I, I eventually really want my wife and I, you know, we feel like God has us here in Flint. The city of Flint for a season yeah. and for a reason. We don't know what that is, but we're, we're trying to be faithful and just live here in the city as, as well as we can. But we eventually want to move out to the country. I really want to do the farm life. I don't know why. It's just really intriguing to me.
1: Good on you, brother. <laughs> I had a garden growing up as a kid. I don't want the farm life. <laughs>
0: That's why Meyer is like five minutes down the road from exactly. your house. Exactly. I got, I got two farmer's markets within 15 minutes of my door. But... I want to eventually live in a smaller house and live on a bigger piece of property that we could have farm animals and we can be kind of more self-sustaining. but right now there's no way in heck that my wife and I can move all of our stuff into a 700 square foot house. Yeah. Not like a tiny house because we want to have a little bit bigger than a tiny house, especially during the Michigan winters. like you ain't living in a mission Mich- you ain't, you ain't living in a tiny house in the Michigan winter. That's just ridiculous. But we want to, we really want to scale back and kind of live more simplistically. Like, right now we have two couches. Why do we need two couches? Well, we because we have a family room and a living room. Why do we have those? Yeah. We don't need it. But because because we have the space, because our house is is made that way, we felt the need to facilitate yeah, that. and you have put, to. You feel like it, for sure. Exactly. So... I really want to minimize my debt and also minimize our possessions. So when we do move, when that time does come, we don't need to buy the next biggest house. We want to buy something smaller. Yeah. And And I think in the long run, that's better.
1: We haven't even touched on because we've been focused on the biblical aspect of it because that's, it's not your pastor's podcast and that's what we're going to do. But there's a whole nother like environmental angle, you know, tied to all this as well.
0: Right like the waste that we produce Exactly. Dang, dude. I know it. All the the plastic, the paper, just the the food waste Oh my goodness. Yeah, the food waste is. I think I was listening to the litter
1: just one time and uh he um Gunger said he had uh somebody visiting from another country and they walked into a grocery store with her and she just started bawling her eyes out, looking at all the food and knowing how hard it was back in her own country to get any food at all. And here we just have grocery stores just so full of it. Mm. And so much stuff just expires or goes bad either
0: on those shelves or in our own pantries. Or goes on, like, Manager Special and then the Ryman's buy it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You go to the one end rack at Meyer. It's like, yes!
0: <laughs> Everything's here is a dollar. This meat expires tomorrow, but let's cook it tonight.
1: Oh, you know what? We shop at Aldi's, and Aldi's is like, dude, it's cheap. You got a week to eat it. <laughs> you got to get it gone, you know? Yeah, no, we love Aldi's. Especially produce. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's half the price.
0: It's so good. And it's decent quality. It is,
1: it is decent quality. Anyway,
0: so one of the things I want to talk about as we're kind of wrapping up. Also, <coughs> yeah. on, on top of that, I just want to say that Jason and I had no script. We had nothing planned for tonight. No. And we literally just, we we sat down and we just said, we're going to bro out. Yep just talk about bro things. And literally the one bro thing we talked about was minimalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: We broed out on minimalism. (laughs) So we're cool.
0: Yeah. But anyway, one of the things I want to, I want to kind of delineate and talk about a little bit is minimalism. Isn't just getting rid of stuff for the sake of getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Because I think you can take just like anything, Jason, you can take things to extremes. You can, be a hoarder but you can also deprive yourself of things like there's there's a part of me that's like you know i just my wife just had a birthday right and i i just bought her this this new uh the instapot and all the all the women who listen to our episodes anybody does any cooking like you know what an Instapot is. It's, it's nothing this, like a neti pot, is it? It's not a neti pot. Okay. It's it's this like seven-in-one pressure cooker. You can cook yogurt in it. You can roast whole chickens in it. All these awesome things. It's, like, it's this new piece of technology. And like, I literally wanted to tell her, yeah, that means we have to get rid of all of our other like electrical cooking equipment. Because we have this one Instapot now. And she's like, no, I don't want to do that. Because I still get value, yeah, out of these other things. And I think that's where minimalism comes in. It's it's not getting rid of things be- for the sake of getting rid of things. It's getting rid of the things that no longer have value in your life.
1: Yeah, that's like the minimalist, the one dude's like slogan. Right. Every time he's getting rid of something, is does this add value to my life?
0: So, like for me, I ha- I have this banjo. Somebody gave me a banjo. I didn't pay any money for it. The only thing he said was, if you get rid of it, give it to somebody who will use it to play music for the Lord. That was yeah. his only thing. And I played for played it for a while. And ever since my daughter was born, I haven't picked it up. Yeah. I didn't even been, know you had it, dude. <laughs> yeah. You, don't, See, th- you don't strike me as the banjo player. So I, I tried playing banjo, and I, th- I thought it was going to be awesome. I thought I was going to have the second instrument under my belt, and I didn't. I barely have enough time to play guitar anymore, let alone play a whole other instrument. So what am I I looked at it, it was taking up space in my guest bedroom, which has become our our junk drawer in our house is a oh, junk room now. Yeah. And I I texted somebody who I thought could use it. They said they could, that they can get value from it. I can't get value from it anymore. Score, dude. So, it's gone.
1: Dude, I can, like, tell you, when we got rid of those three van loads, plus another, like, two loads out to the garbage. We had just pure garbage in our house. Mm. Like, when I got rid of that stuff, I can't tell you. uh, Yeah, I can't tell you. Like, it felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders of just getting rid of stuff. Like, we live in a small house with three boys, 900 square foot, like... You know, for for most middle class of families, that would be considered too small. It's quite literally the biggest house that I've ever grown up in, but it's less than half the size of the house my wife gro- had grown up in. Mm. Like, it's, it's just small in comparison. And it felt like our house opened up so much more after getting rid of three van loads and two, like, additional loads of garbage out of there like I felt like you could breathe again.
0: Yeah. I find myself like literally like what can I get rid of? What can I give away or throw away because it's it it's not going to give anybody any value. Yeah. All right,
1: Alex. So you started it. I'm looking at your bin
0: of yeah, stuff here. Yeah, so let's here. let's talk about how you can how we can be proactive at actually doing We're going to do this. We're going to do the 30-day challenge. So for those of you who have never listened to the Minimalist podcast, they have this thing. It's a game. Yeah. So that's, you know, take anything and you make it a game. It's more fun and you're probably going to do it. Like if you do like a weight loss challenge, if it's a game, whoever loses the most weight, you're going to have more people participate. Oh my gosh, dude. I lost by
1: half a pound, 350 bucks the last time we did that at work. I was so mad. I would have I would have weighed in naked had I known I was a half a pound <laughs> short. I was so ticked off, dude. Half a pound. That sucks. It was a 350 bucks I missed out
0: on. Um anyway, 30-day challenge. So the 30-day challenge is this. For thir- the next 30 days, Jason and I are going to be get- getting rid of different items. Yep. In our homes, stuff that we don't Need any more stuff that we're going to donate, stuff that just doesn't have any value in our yeah. life anymore. Well, day one, one item. Day one, one item. Day two, two items. Day three, three items. And so on for the next 30 days. Yeah. If you do the math, that's 496 items. Yeah. And you're already three days. This is your day three. I got to play catch up. So I'm already I, six items behind. You, you'll be fine. I think yeah. you'll. And whoever whoever does it the longest wins. Yep. Yeah. Wins what? I don't know. Nothing, really. Maybe just bragging rights on the next podcast.
1: Yeah. But
0: so Jason, that's what Jason and I are going to do. We're going to do the 30 day challenge. I'm, I'm going to stick it out, dude. I'm going to, too. There's I, I have some ideas to get a little bit creative and get rid of some things.
1: You know, what was frustrating for me is I was starting this minimalism process before you were
0: and I'd bring over stuff. <laughs> I bring
1: stuff over. Yeah. Here. And, and your-, your wife
0: is a minimalist. <laughs> My <laughs> wife is, is my wife got on the bandwagon before I did. She was getting so mad at me. <laughs> she was like Jason would come over, is like, uh, I got these books I thought you could get some value out of and like here's these two seasons of the simpsons that i thought you'd get and i'm like yes my wife is like no he doesn't need any more dvds adding to your basement pile i'm just gonna say this i'm gonna keep the dvds you gave me and get rid of a bunch of other ones because the simpsons add a lot of value to my life yeah (laughs) they're great for research for this podcast they are so anyway as as we're kind of wrapping up this episode please just literally look around your house Look at all this stuff you've accumulated over this time. And maybe you're already a minimalist and you're thinking like, "Wow, well, I don't everything in my house has value, has a purpose and has meaning." Look around your house and see what you can get rid of. See what you can This is one of the things that always I always heard these stories about people getting getting rid of stuff and giving it to single moms. Like that's the church taking care of widows. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we need to look out for. We need to look out for each other. Like you look at acts two, you see that they were selling their possessions and giving to the poor. You have something in your basement. You have something in your addict that can either be sold or given away in order to give to somebody else in need. It can benefit them for it, sure. And it has no benefit to you right now. So please, I, I'm going to say this. We want to hear some of your guys' minimalist stories. Yes, for sure. I want to. I want to hear because I think those things are glorifying to God when we when we say no to the excess. And I want to hear those stories. So please hit us up on social media because I I, I really do want to hear what people are doing to live live more, live more intentionally with less.
1: Yeah, you but know what? Our Twitter handle is ny. Like, New York NY <laughs> Pastors. I feel like we missed the boat on when we... Maybe we need to change our Twitter handle, but I don't want to right now. I don't want to right now. It seems like a hassle to change. Tim Keller, you missed out on that yeah, Twitter handle. New York Pastors. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, all of Tim. you. Sorry, uh, Tim. What's funny is before our podcast even got started, I'm pretty sure we got, like, 30 followers just because I thought we were from New
0: York. Not from New York at all. And
1: I think NYPP is New York Party planning or something. Or New
0: York police people. (laughs) Yeah. No, there was another
1: police one. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. New York pastors. Anyway, guys. Not your pastors.
0: So, Jason, um, you want to read some stats from our last month in this part of the show? Uh, Yeah. Like, just off the top of my head, dude. Um, So, last month, just to recap, we had our feminist month, and it was was a learning experience. um, But I also think we had a really good turnout as far as our listenership.
1: Yeah. The Hillary McBride episode, especially. Yeah. Like, I, I don't rem- I don't know how many plays it cat cat, like off the top of my head, but it was, it was almost twice as much as all of our other episodes. Wow. Yeah. Insane. And I got some feedback to read from that in a minute, but, um, no, over the last three months, almost 10,000 plays the last three months, Alex, what isn't that like mind-blowing because like most podcasts sponsorships at now yeah I mean like where are you (laughs) yeah audible yeah Uh, yeah you know what until you pay us I'm not gonna say anything about audible.com where you can read lots of books online
0: (laughs) yeah Um, stamps.com yeah you never have to go to the post office again (laughs) yeah a bunch of jerks Not paying us for your advertisement. You know what this reminds me of? That scene in Wayne's World. Yeah. was like, I'm not going to bow down to any sponsor as he's eating Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> or like Garth is completely dressed from head to toe in Reebok. It's perfect. We're not going to be a sellout, man. <laughs>
1: no, but dude, we're what? This is our 37th episode. Yeah. And our first like 10 episodes yielded like... 1200 plays or something yeah i think it would take us like we started out releasing one episode every two weeks and it would take all the way to that second week before we'd crack like 100 plays and now it's like it's so fun to like upload a podcast and see we crack pr- crack 100 plays by lunchtime yeah it's like oh sweet like it's exciting and it's because of all of you listeners and sharing the content and and interacting we love you guys. with us. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's like mind blowing to us because Alex and I did, didn't have a platform. Like, not like famous or wrote a book or did anything really cool or exceptionals with our lives. Like, we're literally not pastors. <laughs> we don't even have a <laughs> congregation. <laughs> like, none of us even went to <laughs> seminary. Yeah. We don't have anything. We started from nothing. So, yes. And our little, like, Humble attempt at podcasting. It's growing, and we're excited about it. So even though you may think the numbers are still small, back off. Because we doubled them. (laughs) Tripled them. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We tripled our numbers in less than a year. That's exciting. So We're coming up on a year
0: of podcasting, We've got to do something fun for the one year.
1: Yeah. Technically, that would be in August. Even though we started brainstorming sooner, our first episode was in August.
0: So, Jason... As, as we're saying good night, saying goodbye. Oh, I got some feedback. To oh, read yeah. From read Twitter. the feedback. Read yeah. the feedback.
1: Uh, let me pull it up on my phone here. All right, Alex, we got some feedback this week, dude, on Twitter. Uh, Charlie Porter.
0: Uh, hi, Charlie.
1: Yeah, he said to us and Method Theology I lean more towards Holly based on how I grew up in church, but I'm so thankful for the calm and kind conversation. So much respect to all. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, dude. Like, I have to say though, like that conversation sounded way more tense. Like when I listened back to it, than it felt like it was in real life. I didn't. If listen- that makes any
0: sense, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't listen to the final product. I listened to our 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 uh, pre-production track. Yeah, and I did listen to the final because I was like, I just don't want to listen to it again. But no, it's it's super long, <laughs> and it was just super tense. And I'm like. I like these people. Even though I disagree with them, I like them. I just don't want to listen to it again.
1: It felt tense, dude. But, like, as we were doing the conversation, and you know what happened, too, is we, we edited it kind of strange where we had, like, the beginning and the end kind of like where we made up and everything. hmm But then we released the middle as its own episode, and I think it's kind of deceiving because the conversation as a whole was, like, extremely peaceful. We're all still friends. Yeah. And special, like, super thanks to Holly of Method Theology for hanging out for that long. Right. Super awesome. Okay. Other feedback. Hillary McBride. (laughs) What? I know it. Writing to Pastor Alice. She said, hey, just listen to your episode on... At New York pastors, <laughs> from one guest to another, loved everything you said. Gonna go order fierce right now. Aw, I mean, how cool is that? Like, I'm like honored that we had a super awesome guest on who is far too big to be on our podcast.
0: But she we, listens we had, to we other had a, episodes. We had a guest show some love to another guest. I
1: know it. That's isn't cool. that super cool. And then our last little feedback here is from Michael J. Basinger of the Inglorious Pastors. He wrote this to my personal Twitter. He says, that moment when you realize that um, at, today's letter is J, that's my Twitter handle, of at New York Pastors, NY Pastors, could voice double as Blippy. <laughs> Do you know who Blippy is, Alex? no. Blippy is a YouTube kids like channel like <laughs> like he's he's like this character kind of like you'd see on like a PBS or something like morning kids television mm-hmm. but he made up his own like YouTube show and the thing about this stinking tweet from Michael J. Basinger is he's not the first to tell me that a year ago I'm leading a Bible study at our church and there's like 50 60 people there and this one woman's like staring at me the whole time and i'm thinking like man she's like really digging into the lesson and like really getting into it and she comes up afterwards with all these videos of (laughs) blippy and she's like you sound just like (laughs) blippy and i don't think i do so i'm gonna like let me see if i can pull up a video by blippy on your internet here okay Do I look like him? Hey,
0: look at what it is. Whoa, it's a giant red truck, and it's really dirty. Today,
1: we are going to wash and get it squeaky clean. <laughs> Come on.
0: I feel like he's having, like, some sort of identity crisis where he doesn't know if he's, dirty. like, a human being or a yeah, cartoon character. Really dirty.
1: Well, it's a kid's show, you <laughs> ass. <laughs> like- <laughs> Oh, I'm dude. sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> flower.
0: <laughs> that flower looks like it's cocaine. He's <laughs> snorting that for sure. Do I sound at all like Blippy, dude? No, you do not. Okay, because I keep getting this over and over again. You do not sound and like And I don't him. think,
1: I mean, he, I mean, Michael J. Basinger wrote hashtag mind blown. <laughs> you don't sound like him. You don't. He says when when I get giggly, do I when I get giggly do I sound like um?
0: I'm not no, giggly right guys, now. No, you guys you so. guys have you guys have different giggles for sure. So I as as Alex Ryman of the not your pastor's podcast, I decree you do not sound like Blippy. Thank you, Alex. So let it be written, so let it be done. It's a reference to the 10 commandments. <laughs> Charlton Heston, what's up? <laughs> Prince of Egypt <laughs> is a joke. <laughs>
1: All right, let's get out of this episode. So, Jason, uh, yeah. we, we, we oh, have penguins.
0: new Stanley Cup champions. No, we don't. We have an old Stanley Cup champion. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. They won last year. And I'm just super, I'm not going to lie, I'm really mad. Yeah. I, I'm i looking at the Nashville Predators, and I'm like, here is a wild. You know what? You predicted them, too. You predicted the Penguins. Yeah. You, you, I predicted that they would win because of. I didn't watch any of the games. I was up. I was up north. You were up north. I, I watched
1: them. I well, I I don't have cable because I'm a minimalist. You know, <laughs> 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 all I have is Netflix and I have an antenna. So I watched the games that came on. Thankfully, it was on NBC. It was on watch, NBC, and it. I could watch them.
0: But yeah, I remember you said Edmonton Oilers. That was your team that you picked.
1: That's who I was wanting to go to the finals. And then didn't I said happen.
0: I want the Nashville Predators because they've never won one.
1: Yeah, and they went to the finals, but... They were wild card two spot, too. A couple of weeks ago, though, dude, you said the Penguins would win. We made our
0: predictions. I said the Penguins... go
1: back and listen. You said the Penguins would win. I
0: said the Penguins would win because there's a conspiracy in hockey. Everybody loves Sidney Crosby. And I said, no,
1: it comes down to puck luck. And guess why the Penguins stinkin' won was because of stinking puck luck. Because if you watched that last game... Wasn't nobody going to score a goal on those goalies? It had to come from some st- stupid bank shot from behind the net, like behind the goal line, piece of garbage in the last
0: minute. What can you do? Something. Maybe it was Providence, Jason. Maybe it was predestined, <sighs> which is a whole other conversation that we yeah. have with our friends that are probably wrong. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But you know what? All these guys, they're gonna go off. They're gonna, you know, they're not gonna be playing in the NHL. They're gonna be resting. They're gonna. Some of them are gonna go back to their prospective countries and play in their minor leagues just to kind of keep keep their edge. No, they
1: won't. That's a breach of contract. But keep going with your training. Some of, thought. of them do. Some of them do. Very few, Alex.
0: Like Thomas Tatar, he's definitely going back to Slavia and go. Anyway, no, he's not. So these guys, they're gonna be. <laughs> It's the off season, right? And it's the off season. We're not going to have hockey for months on end. Yeah. But if you would give the advice, actually, you know what? I want to I want to change the course a little bit. I okay. Wanna t- I want to tell go you, I want to tell everybody the advice that I write on every newlyweds like, uh, like advice card. You like, you ever go to a wedding and they have like advice cards? Like write your write your advice for the newlywed. Oh, couple. I have seen those. You know what I put down on every one? Not keep your stick on the ice. I always write, just put the puck in the net. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So to all the newly married couples out there who are getting married this wedding season, keep your stick on the ice and always put the puck in the net. There you go. One leads to the other.